Hey, welcome to Creative Block. We're your host, Gene. And V, we interview people in the animation industry about their life, work, and hobbies while we doodle jam. We asked people on Twitter if they had specific topics they want us to discuss, as well as some drawing prompts. And today with us, we have Aaron Hansen. Hey! Hey, what's up? Yo, thanks for How's having me. How's it going? Of course. Dude, I just want everyone to know that I this was rescheduled like four times or something because I was the asshole. I just want everyone to know that. No one would have known, Aaron. Why are you telling yeah. us? Why would you tell us the sausages made? I just got to be honest, all right? I just well. got to be honest. Well, you've well, been we very gracious. Yes, they, yeah, well, no. they, I was just going to say you've been very gracious about all of the, the bullshit that I've put you through. Can I swear? Yeah, oh, yeah totally. Oh, yeah. Oh, we forgot cool. to talk about that, but you can yeah. say whatever you want. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, follow your heart. Uh, no, it's all good. Uh, we're happy that you made time. Uh, we know that you're busy. Uh, and you're busy with all kinds of stuff. You do uh, internet show called game grumps word um you are going on a tour soon um doing scribble uh showdown right that's right yeah um but why am i describing what you do tell us who you are and what you do for the people who might not know oh man well you told me beforehand that you were going to talk to me about my animation career which um is is has a huge gap um but yeah so I did. I made a bunch of animations a long time ago, like nine, ten years ago. Mm -hmm. um, I did a lot of uh, animations, Newgrounds, and stuff. I was I was the number one artist on Newgrounds for a while, which is wild oh, wow. to think about then and even now. Um, yeah. And uh, just garnered a lot of views on YouTube. So I, I, I mostly did like parodies of stuff, video game parodies, but had my own little shorts and everything. And I had a short stint at Fox, um, doing shorts for them. And oh. Mm. did some music videos for my band Starbomb, so that's that's what's up oh are we just like going right now we're just going yeah yeah just going okay. follow your heart yeah you've done a lot um the the newgrounds thing is would be a great place to start because uh how old were you when you first started doing flash animation um oh geez i was in middle school so wow, what age yeah. is that uh 12 something like that a yeah. little younger even i feel like middle school you're probably Maybe. like something like like eight ish no wait no that's that's no that's... no like i'm confusing elementary and middle school no 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 you're right math. like yeah um forget um i said anything <laughs> yeah that's uh i think i think a lot of people kind of start around that time because yeah uh, you have the free time. I think. I think that's why. Dude, why people that's usually start. hundred percent. It man. It's just like you're a kid. You got plenty of time to to just do whatever you want to do in your bedroom. You know, it's like you go to school, you come home, don't do your homework, and just yep. do some animation stuff. And yeah, I remember I downloaded Flash. I didn't know how to use it at all. I made these little shorts. I think the first short I ever made in Flash was like a Gundam Wing short. Fuck if that yeah. Date, if that dates my Flash career. <laughs> um but it was like so what i used to do was i used aim like religiously mm -hmm. aol instant messenger for those um for the children uncul uncultured yeah. uh for the zoomers uh, <laughs> we so there was an option in aol instant messenger where you could hit like f5 or something and then it would just start recording your mic up to 10 seconds so i just with my friends, I would just make endlessly these like sketches 
and like little bits um, that were always like at least 10 seconds. And one of them, uh, that, that's like the first thing I animated was one of those bits. And then like, I continued to do that um, with, with a couple bits and every so often. And like, if I had a, a, in my opinion, better idea, I would open up cool edit as it was called. You might know it as cool Adobe Audition edit. now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I, I would record like a longer version of it. And that's sort of how I got um, into like the public eye was I did these, um, these MP3s called In a Nutshell. And uh, so like, it was like Dragon Ball Z in a nutshell, like Digimon in a nutshell, Pokemon in a nutshell. Uh, and then I would just put them in my Napster library. And like mm-hmm. back in the day, for those of you who don't know what Napster is, it was a music sharing program that got sued by Metallica. Yeah. Um, so, so the way that That's Napster worked was you would have a music library and people could just search and like look through each person's library. But you could search like Metallica, for example, and then it would show you like all of the people that have files that have the word Metallica in it, right? So the way that you sort of like proto-algorithmed was you would just load your MP3 up with like words. It would be like, you know, the song and then like best song ever, hard rock, metal. So what I would do was I would put like comedy, funny, parody in the mp3 oh and, uh, like tags I, basically yeah exactly yeah yeah mm-hmm. so i just let it sit on my computer for like a couple months and then i was curious and i was like has anyone downloaded these and i and i searched and like oh, i got like a hundred results and i was like whoa Jesus. people just like started downloading my my shit out of nowhere and then this mm-hmm. guy named channel cat uh made a cartoon out of the dragon ball zina nutshell when i did and put it on newgrounds and it was like that so day it was funny. like oh thank you wow <laughs> that's like one of the first things that i like found on the internet i think and i remember like showing my friends and i was like dude look at this thing. this shit's so funny i used wow. to quote it all the time with that papa hands like that <laughs> <laughs> that's that exact yeah that exact way of delivering it yeah what's so interesting is that like you like you just you made the audio that was what you did and somebody else made the animation right that's that's yeah. what you that's crazy yeah, yeah. W- that's without so awesome. like i didn't know about this by the way he just like because this was this was the age of this was the fucking wild west of yeah. the internet so <laughs> nobody knew like the rules or like there was no sort of like etiquette for art or whatever so it was just like totally. somebody would find an mp3 on napster and then they'd be like i'm gonna make a cartoon out of this and then they do it and then you just put it up you know um which like i didn't have a problem with i've, I've never really had a problem with that sort of thing ever in my mm-hmm. sort of like art yeah career or whatever so like when that happened and i saw it i i sent him because i was like a new grounds user like whoa so i sent i sent him a message and i was like hey dude that was the, i made that mp3 and then he was like dude i'm so sorry oh my god i, and I was like no, no, no. <laughs> it's all cool it's very flattering and i think it's dope um i was like i'm working on another one if you want to do like a, a second one and he was like oh man i'm so busy i don't know if i have time to do that and i was like okay and so <laughs> So then I sent him the second one and he was like, I'm working on it right now. <laughs> so even then, like you, I mean, how old were you then? Like 13? Yes. I was literally 13 when I made the first Dragon Ball Z in a nutshell MP3. That's, that's wild. so crazy. So, I mean, yeah. even then you were already kind of like, uh, like growing this, the, the animation discipline in your own small way. Yeah. But I mean, um, every, especially at that age, everything's like, 
I don't say parody in the sense of like computer parody where it's like a copy like everything you do when you're that age is like using something else as the basis right the, right. the reason I did those I called them ego and company because I went by ego after that early on in my life because mm-hmm. um, it was a character I came up with when I was like eight or nine mm-hmm. um, which is embarrassing but, uh, I'm sure you're happy that it's followed you for 25 years. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I've mostly gotten away from it now because I, I, I quietly changed the Game Grumps intro to just say Aaron instead of Eager After. Mm-hmm. And, like nobody noticed. Uh, What's so funny, like I, I, I know your username Eager After because I was on your grounds for a little bit. And I remember like I was just uh, hanging out with a couple of kids uh, on your grounds. And one of them one day came to me and was like, hey hey listen to this this is our opportunity to break into the business do you know ego raptor he's doing <laughs> a collab and I, <laughs> he was like this is how you get to be a professional and i was Whoa. like wow yeah <laughs> that's so funny I was wait like, what was the collab i i cannot remember it was probably like a music video like uh there was like a moment on Newgrounds where doing collabs was like really really popular yeah. people would yeah, just like sure. you would like just pick a song and like uh, get a bunch of artists together and then you would like manage to put together like a music video i to be honest i was just like i was already 16 at the time i was like no we're just making cartoons online we're not professional yeah 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 <laughs> but i just love that this kid was just like listen like, <laughs> drop everything you can you get to be a professional you work yeah. on this collab with ego raptor yeah i don't know about that <laughs> that's, uh, that's very sweet you, of that person to say though you have a you have a knack for like just doing stuff um which is i think a gift because like a lot of people that and i include myself in this to a degree um like i think a lot of people just have a hard time starting a thing much less finishing it much less putting it out you know and um something that i've always admired about your work is that you just you have an idea and you just execute it you like take it to the finish line and they're usually short very self-contained you know a gag or whatever i mean some of them are long form too like i really liked sequelitis back in the day that that really got me into game design. Like I really started understanding game design and like, I would even wager that that spawned a lot of the video essay format that we see now. Cause like everyone's doing fucking video game essays, um, video essays. But, um, yeah, but you just, you, you just commit to stuff. And I, I want to, I wonder like, is it just sort of a drive you have to to make stuff or is is it hard like how do you push past the moments where it doesn't feel satisfying to work on a thing anymore well i i i, I actually didn't finish my story earlier from but, but oh, okay. which which is good because it's this actually loops into that mm-hmm. um i i was going to say uh you know when you're when you're a kid when you're 13 like everything sort of comes off it's it's basically like a rip off of of something else sure so like the the ego and company mp3s i did like dbz in a nutshell um those i got the inspiration for those from like like opie and anthony bits and like because i didn't know that it was from a radio show i thought it was just some funny dudes making bits um yeah. but there was one bit that was going around that was pretty popular on napster which was like uh, star wars in 30 seconds Mm-hmm. And I just loved the idea that you could just like condense comedy into like, it's just like joke, 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 with 
which like to my ADD brain as a 13 year old, I was like, of course, um, that's the way to do it. I don't want to like have all this time in between jokes. I want just like everything to be a joke. Um, so, uh, you were talking about, oh shit, So sequelitis came from, um, what was go- making the rounds was the red letter media star Wars um, oh and, yeah that was like right when that was huge yeah and and you can tell like if you watch the first sequelitis which was the castlevania one mm-hmm. um there's so much like ripped directly from interesting media. okay but but like the thing about that is you know you watch those sorts of things and what's cool for me is not necessarily i i had to be like an adult to look at this from like an adult lens but right. i i always saw it as like what would I do better? But now as an adult, I'm like, that's not really what it is. It's, it's what would I do? That's more like me, you know, like how would I put myself into this mm-hmm. and like my sort of um, uh, view of the world, my perspective, my lens. Uh, so like that's, that's how sequelitis came in. So that, 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 that's sort of like how everything that I make comes to fruition is I see something that's like really cool and inspiring. And I'm like, I love this. Um, how would I make this mine? Uh, and then that spawns something that, you know, may look similar or may look totally different. And, and, and that goes both ways too. A lot of the things that inspire me are things that suck, um, that are just like a train wreck. And I'm like, dude, you could do this (laughs) so much better if you just did X, Y, and Z. Um, and then, you know, you, you go ahead and do that and then you know, it becomes this like brand new thing that nobody's ever seen before because it's like your inspiration was this trash fire <laughs> that nobody's ever seen before. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the like, the work ethic is what inspires me because I, I think that just looking at the amount of stuff you've done, you know, not everything is going to hit either, but you, you keep, making stuff you keep you kept trying things and i think that's been a big part of your success from my perspective at least um and uh yeah and i i wonder if there's some bit of advice that you could sort of impart on young artists who have a hard time pushing through the like the self-doubt and the just not even you know it's hard to make shit like it's hard to finish a project and so i wonder if there's any anything that you do that helps you uh finish stuff I mean, my advice, my advice is always just fuck it. Like, who gives a shit? <laughs> if, if there's something that you want to make, there's so much stuff out there. True. Like, who cares? You know, yeah. it's like you look, you look at the people that inspire you, and it's, and it's like, oh, that's so overwhelming because, like, wow, they're so they're up here, and I'm down here, or whatever. And it's like, no, they were down there once, and also, I'm sure if you talk to them, you they'd be like, oh man, I fucked this up, and like I didn't do this right. You know, it's like we're all the same in a lot of ways yeah. so if you just do things you just gradually get better at it yep. and, and the thing that i've found um that's been sort of a, a a realization recently is that like if you just go and you just do things it matters to you way less because i i was in a situation recently where there was somebody that like cared so much about a thing um and felt so like slighted and wronged by this one thing that i was also a part of and I I just didn't I was like whatever I 
I have all this other stuff, but it was like, that was like the thing that they had. And it was like really important to them. Right. Sure. Mm. And, and, and I, and I don't mean that as like a negative. I just mean that as like, you know, if, if, if you have more and more things that you're doing or, or, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff bothers you less. It's easier um, to shrug it off. Yeah. Right. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, well, I've already moved on, you know, I've already moved on from this thing. That's, that's a good point. And, th and that's a thing that I think like early artists do when they like come up with, you know, like an idea for a show or a comic or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. It gets very like precious, you know, it's mm -hmm. like, this is my mm -hmm. thing and I want it to be exactly how, and there's this, there's this big thing about like, you know, oh, the industry is going to warp it if I try to like pitch it to Cartoon Network or whatever. Um, but it's like, yeah, I mean, that's just how it is. If you want to make it exactly how you want to make it, you should just make it on your own, which will take fucking forever. You know the 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 boxy model of like you know <laughs> dog for a year and then make a billion dollars you know <laughs> but, but, um it, it's like you make a thing and then it becomes a thing and then once the thing is done you've got so much experience and you've like you know you've grown so much as a person that like that thing that you make you're gonna be like cool what's the next thing you know and maybe that's just me but I feel like if you have an like an artist brain where you just always want to create, that's just natural. The way I was gonna, uses. I was gonna say, yeah, that's such a really cool uh, view on making art and just making stuff. And I, do you do you feel like you've always been this way, or do you feel like you've kind of like, it, do you feel like this is something that you've learned from maybe like I don't know, like looking around at like your friends or your parents or whatever or yeah kind of were you just or were you just always like this kind of person like fuck it no. i'll just make stuff <laughs> well that's the thing is I, I feel like the almost like the um what you see maybe has always been the same but the fuel has changed i went from oh, fucking like diesel to like electric right like <laughs> at first there was a lot of like anger and spite that sort of drove me to a lot of to do a lot of things and like mm -hmm. yeah i was and and that's the that's how i can relate to so many kids nowadays who are have this outlook on like oh you know i don't want my work to be stolen or like i don't want it's like because i was that kid you know um sure and you know this is so hard and i hate my work and uh you know there's all these other people that don't deserve it that are getting so big like that was me when i was younger um but now you know i've i've made so many things and i've been in both positions now that it's like none of it really matters you just got to do what you like doing um yeah and and in a lot of ways if your goal is like success or whatever um i think shifting your mindset to being about like this is the stuff that i like doing yeah makes you more likely to to find success um, yeah mm -hmm. because like what's interesting about you is you right mm -hmm. so if, if if you're just like okay what are these five things about this show that's like makes it successful or whatever it's like you could do that all day and night but what made it successful was it was that person's thing right yeah. um and so like if you sort of inject yourself into things it becomes more and more inherently interesting because everybody's interesting in their own way and mm -hmm. the way that they express themselves is interesting. So if you lean into that, I feel like at the very least, you'll have expressed yourself and there's some satisfaction in that. Yeah. Um, and, and at the most, people will relate to you as a person because you're putting yourself into your art. Yeah. I think that's so great. That's so, that's so beautiful. <laughs> it really is. 
it's it's tough i think i think it's tough for it is it is a uh, very good advice i think it's tough for a lot of people because it's like you have to reveal more of yourself which no one wants to do right oh, for <laughs> like, sure. Be being an artist is so vulnerable yeah yeah it's it's tough i think that um uh that's something that probably got easier for you over time right or would you say that it's always been um kind of came easier to you the sort of like being able to open up because i mean you you know you do a show where you're always talking about yourself and you're just kind of and I, i've always thought that's that's like mortifying to me i mean shit i'm on a podcast <laughs> now but but i don't have to you know we have guests so i don't have to like open up as much about myself and um and i used to listen to game grumps a whole lot and so i was always like how the fuck does he just like <laughs> like i don't know i don't i don't um but I guess it's that it's the fucking attitude, right? Like you probably oh, just don't really care. Yeah. Well, it's also there's also a skill to it, you know. Like it's 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 one thing to just like talk about yourself, but it's another thing to sort of like have the experience of like knowing these sort of topics lead to this kind of conversation. You know sure. what I mean? Like you just get a sense of it. Um, I don't know if I would be able to like teach it if somebody oh, asked me yeah. to. Um, Got to feel I, it out. Yeah, but I will say, um, I I don't know because it's not Game Grumps is interesting because it's it's not fully vulnerable, you know. It's still a mm -hmm. show. Um, I it's I mean I, I don't want to be pretentious about it. Like it is art in a certain way, and I know a lot a of character. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know a lot of people will probably scoff at that concept, but um, I it's to me it's sort of like it's performance mm -hmm. with a little bit of vulnerability you know what i mean because mm -hmm. at the end of the day what i'm doing is an exaggeration you know it's it's i'm i'm playing I, i'm playing in the space that's been created by game grumps you know it's mm -hmm. not like myself maybe leaks in a little bit but for the most part it's a performance um so i don't see it as a super vulnerable place i think there was a time where i did and i think those moments can be gratifying but can also be sort of um they can be troublesome because i think a lot of people get the impression that they know you oh yeah or, or you know things that you believe or think maybe aren't articulated as well as you think they are or you know that they should be before they're presented to an audience and as time has gone on with the prevalence of social media and algorithms sort of like pushing things you know far over here or far over there um there's a lot of like bad faith reads of things that you would say about your beliefs or about your life um that sort of make it like difficult to to open up about that kind of stuff because sure. so much of life is gray and is like a dialogue and you have like yep. 20 people in your life that you talk about really heavy shit with. But if you're presenting to like 200,000 people, that's a completely different, you know, state of mind. Because now you have to consider like, okay, what is the general consensus on this topic? What is the, what will people be outraged by about this topic? You know, and then you <laughs> yes. sort of have to Changes steal. Changes every week. Yeah, and you have to steer clear of that stuff, you know, or lean in really hard, um, which, like, you know, isn't reality, in my opinion. 
Yeah. Um, so it's, you know, so just to answer your question, it's, it's, it's like 20% vulnerable being on King Cross. <laughs> That's really yeah. interesting though. Cause we do get that question a lot. Uh, when we interview showrunners from like Twitter, um, they often ask us kind of like, what, how do you see your interaction with the public kind of like, and how do you kind of like manage this like parasocial uh, yeah. type of relationship? Oh, uh, yeah. it, it sounds like you have a pretty good philosophy around it. Um, or maybe you don't, I don't know. What do you think? <laughs> I mean, the right philosophy is don't, right? Like it's just, mm-hmm. it's don't <laughs> engage. Don't, because it's not, it's not real. None of it is real, you know? It's like, and and the problem is so many people have like access to you, you know, especially on a platform like Twitter where somebody who's like a really hateful person, their tweet looks exactly the same as, you know, somebody yeah, who has no 60 clue, yeah. million followers, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So it's, it's difficult to like parse where things are coming from because in your like i said like in your like close group of like 20 people you know like oh this guy has this experience and he works there and he went through this and you know he told me this about his about how his mom treated him or whatever so like i get where he's coming from on this specific issue and that's nuanced and that's interesting and i respect that mm-hmm. but when you're on fucking twitter and somebody says some shit you're just like I don't, you know, like that. This could be so hateful. This could be sarcastic. I don't know if they're like playing along or if they think this is a joke or. So, that I try not to engage with that as much as possible, unless it's like super obvious or I know the person. Mm-hmm. That makes sure. a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I'm, I mean, I think I have like eleven thousand followers or something at this point, and like I crossed that line into uh wacko land where suddenly like people who don't follow me just try to start shit you know and it's just like i'll post an an opinion not even like a negative opinion i'm like dune was good and then some asshat is like boring and i'm like you don't even follow me like what are you fucking like what are you doing in my house and i feel like with the amount of followers you have it's it's got to be just fucking constant like just constant people just trying to like knock you down for no reason yeah for sure and and like you know the the sort of more that you get like a following or whatever the more of a target you are i think a lot of people Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people are sort of waiting around with their sniper rifles you know yeah it feels like that sometimes Mm -hmm. in error Mm -hmm. you know i i think i've trended on twitter four times now in the number one slot really and never like you don't trend on twitter for good things no (laughs) no Um, oh my god so so it's just like on on one hand it's awful yeah on another hand like i get it and also it sort of like reveals to me certain weaknesses that i have maybe um because i i i try not to let it get to me but i also try to be um just just have a humanity about it Mm because if like if so many people are saying one thing Mm -hmm. then there's got to be some truth to it. So maybe I should reevaluate, mm. you know, my values or the things that I think or whatever. So mm. in a lot of ways, those moments have been helpful, but mm-hmm. 
like 80 percent traumatic and 20 percent healthy yeah people, <laughs> yeah it, it, yeah it fucking it fucking stings yeah when people start and especially because i mean i've known you for a while and i know you you mean well like i know you are trying like all of us are trying to do your best and we don't all have all the information all the time right like like so everyone should be given a chance to figure things out and learn and and the and the like the social landscape is changing so fucking fast and aggressively lately that it's like you and I and V too. Like we all grew up on the internet in the mid nineties and what a hellscape that was, you know, like, Oh, absolutely. It was, it was just like, out, everyone was just trying to like out offend each other. And, but that was, you know, that's, that's like repression, right? Like it's like, mm -hmm. yeah, you're not allowed to say that kind of stuff. So, you go the place where you feel safe to say that totally stuff. but totally. The, the internet's a different landscape now where it's, mm -hmm. it's it's almost the opposite it's like how altruistic can i be how yes. like how much can i show i'm a good person which yeah. which is like an exaggerated point of view you know like i i i've i've been in conversations with people where like they tweet one thing and then i'm like oh you know and i and then i see them in real life and i'm like oh man like that's really interesting that you're, you know, you, t you tweeted about that and they're like, ah, you know, I don't really, you know, it's not really that big of a deal <laughs> to me. I just, yeah. And it's true. Like I've felt yeah. that way too, where it's like, you want to, you yeah. know, they, they call it sort of virtue signaling or whatever, but yeah. it's like you, in, in a lot of ways you have to, you know, there's that, there's that meme of, I, I love ducks. And it's like, your silence about horse speaks volumes, you know, like it's, <laughs> it's <laughs> People are always looking for that kind wow, of Wow, didn't thing. know you were a horse hater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> I um yeah. you know, I recently did a the, that tweet about um Pokemon Arceus where what was, was it? I tweet? don't know if I don't know if either of you saw it, but it was like mm. the the game looks like graphically looks yeah like like a it looks like, like a, a first game. year Unity game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> which is like which is like fine, whatever. But also, this is the most popular franchise yeah, of all it's, time. It's ridiculous. So isn't, isn't that interesting that there's the contrast there, but everybody's read of it was like, I'm saying this game's going to suck. It's terrible. It's, what, it's like, that's not at all what I'm saying. All I'm saying is. But even if you were, who gives a shit? Like, like you're, fucking, you're a guy that's online. <laughs> like, yeah. you're allowed to hate a game. It's, it's wild to me. I think that's, it's like. That's it's, also true. <laughs> yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, you know, that's kind of what you, you were, you guys were saying earlier. It's like, we're, unfortunately, because of like your status, it's, uh, people will misinterpret things that you say because there's just too many of them. Um, but I was going to ask you, like, how do you deal with when things aren't like, when things aren't looking up, like kind of like, you know, when like, like, for example, when you're trending on Twitter, like... <laughs> Like, uh, what do you do? Like, do you just kind of like shut off all of your, like your, your phone? Like you put it on like airplane mode for like three weeks? Yeah. I mean, there's, you can't expose yourself to that kind of vitriol because yeah. it, it, it really fucks with your head, you know, to read words in front of you that are like towards you on a public forum. It's just like, wow my life is over you know like you just yeah. can't you can't expose yourself to that stuff i i usually stop going on twitter or whatever and then you know i'll ask my friends like 
how's it going? Is it over yet? <laughs> <laughs> but, but like, you know, you just have to remind yourself like, oh, I have people in my life that care about me. Mm. This is, you know, this isn't real. Yeah, mm. none of it's because real. So much of what those, so much of what happens in those circumstances is is like untrue or like, you know, an exaggeration. And it's like, okay, well, I'm not actually that person. So even if I like lose like my career or whatever, Mm-hmm. I I know that I'm not that person, so I can at mm. least be okay with that. Right. Um, because at the end of the day, my my perspective on like what I do is totally unnatural, and like you know, to 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 speak to hundreds of thousands of people every day in a show is totally unnatural. You know, mm-hmm. like I should be a plumber who like goes into somebody's <laughs> house and is like, hi, I'm going to fix your plumbing. And then like, thank you. I will take the money now for my services. And that's it. You know, that's a, that's like a real interaction with a human being as mm-hmm. opposed to, you know, speaking bullshit for 30 minutes a day to mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of people. That's that's a lot of responsibility. Um, but it's also you know it it affords me a lot of things so it's there's a duality to it right like mm-hmm. yeah it's like it's fun um i like to do it uh, mm-hmm. you know it, it's something that i'm good at so it feels satisfying when like you know i do something and something hits mm-hmm. uh but at the same time it's like would i miss it if it were gone mm. is, <laughs> there's, is a this... lot, there's a lot of me that would say i wouldn't it, oh yeah i was gonna ask you like is this something that you think about a lot because like i think this is something in like for people who work in animation studios like we always think a lot about like uh maybe i could move out of california but that means kind of like losing the job so it's kind of like thinking of like this alternate universe of like what would my life be like if i didn't have this job so do you kind of like think about like what wow that's your... is that is that like a prevailing thing that you hear yeah. yeah oh yeah yeah it's it's pretty common it's pretty common because like you know it's i think it's kind of like similar to like your career in terms of like you have that like super boost at the beginning where you're like wow this is so cool look at me i'm doing this crazy like cool thing and then you're doing it for like two years and you're like this is still really cool and you're doing it for five years and you're like this is getting pretty repetitive and then you're doing it for 10 years and you're like eh, you know like yeah <laughs> yeah right. i mean everyone you know? to feel creatively stimulated right exactly so it's kind of like that thing so like i think eventually after a, a little bit you're kind of like um well let me imagine a parallel universe where i <laughs> took like a different fork down the road like and i was just asking you the question like kind of like is this something like that you think about a lot because like either of like the fallout not the fallout but like you know when something isn't going like right or like once things get difficult because i'm sure you get overwhelmed right um yeah of course that's that's what's interesting about being in this position is it's it's a lot of extremes you know like it's 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 great to be loved and like people to be really stoked about you um and then it also sucks to have people be really mean to you all the time Mm -hmm. you know Mm. so it's 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 like I don't know. It's like if you did your very favorite thing and somebody was like, you can do your awesome, most favorite thing in exactly the way you love it. But also we're going to like stab you in the heart every so often. <laughs> yes, every every so often. Often. Like, are you cool with that? And it's like, uh, 
Oh my god. I guess I could like put up with it. You, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I th anytime some like anytime I see your name trending, I'm like, "Oh, I hope Aaron's okay." <laughs> I just like I I I'm sure that you have built up a pretty thick skin over the years and like and coping mechanisms and you know your people, but it, I, yeah, it it's I'm sure it's very tough because the Internet's a brutal place and like the negative stuff sticks so much more than the positive. Right. Like it's always going to be the, the negative comments that like impress upon you. Yeah. I mean, the reaction to your world is around you is is analogous to how you feel about yourself. Right. So, mm -hmm. you know, if there's a lot of like negative self image thoughts, then you know all you're gonna see you're the negative self-image shit that's true so um yeah i mean there's a lot of that for sure and i think i think most artists sort of struggle with something like that um mm -hmm. which is which is ironic because the artists are the ones that are being the most vulnerable about themselves and yeah. then putting yeah. themselves out there on a platform like like instagram or whatever that's just saying like hey this is me here's a place for you to comment anything you want to say with no repercussions yeah <laughs> yeah it, it's it's kind of fucked up and it happens that way um in tv especially in development because like they expect you to be so vulnerable and they're like we like pour yourself into this character like make this whole show yours like we really want to hear and see it but then as soon as you do, they start criticizing it and start saying how it doesn't work or this cured. And it's just like, you're like, wait, do you not like me? Like, I like that's that that's always the thing that happens. It's like, so you don't like me because you just told me to make this my own thing. Um, and so I wonder how much of that translates into what you do. Oh, that's interesting. I, yeah, yeah, it's that's, that's how, how it be. be. <laughs> tell, tell me more about that. <laughs> okay. I mean, it, that's that's. That's how it is. It's just like, well, so here's the thing. And we talked to Ross about this a little bit too, because Ross has been on the show early on. Um, and I, I think that like what you guys do is really cool. And I, I love the independence and I love, I think it's really inspiring. And like, um, but I've talked to Ross and I don't want to put words in his mouth, but like he was, you know, sort of asking me one point, like how he has thought about wanting, he wanted to get into TV animation at some point and how like that sounded like a fun, appealing thing. And uh, I think it doesn't really matter which direction you go. If you go independent or you go um, through the studio system, you end up with the same emotional baggage like you end up with dealing with the same things just in a different color like in a different shade of of, of awful oh, um dude. yeah absolutely so. I, mean, I mean that's the you you said like you admire the freedom that i have or, or something yeah. to that effect like sure a minute yeah ago. And, and it's like yes and also there's tons of responsibilities that i have yeah as as somebody that has you know 12 employees and god yeah you know a corporate you know, it's you talk about trending on twitter like the first thing i think of is like are my employees going to be okay you know because right. like, like i i can be canceled or whatever like i don't give a shit <laughs> but but like you know i don't want 12 people to be out of a job because i yeah. said some shit on twitter like that's that's <laughs> um yeah so, so like you know what is what does freedom mean right like if you mm -hmm. 
there's a part of me that envies people that go to work and they do one thing and they come home and they don't have to worry about anything anymore. Totally. I think that all the time. Yeah. It's, it's tough, but, but you know, none of, I, I assume none of us would be happy with that. Like I have those fantasies, but I, I have to get, checked usually by the people close to me that say like yeah but you wouldn't be happy <laughs> like you <laughs> like you i you know I, I can't do anything else i'm sure you feel the same that you can't do anything else unless you do i don't know i mean the fact is you can't do everything right like you right. can't be this and be that and have it all right you just you, you're given you're dealt a hand in a lot of ways and also like you create your own circumstances mm-hmm. but like the situation that you're in, you just have to enjoy for what it is. And, and to a point where you're not like, like being abused by anything, right? Like if you're, well, you're, yeah. you're, oh, yeah. you're not like, mm-hmm. you're not like a slave to your own mind or like your mm-hmm. own like negative love patterns or whatever. Sure. Or, or, or like even the people around you, you know, there's a lot to enjoy about the things that you do have. Um, that I feel like is important, and I and I think a lot of a lot of moments take reevaluating, right? Like it's like, a, sure, you know, sure. am I happy with where I'm at right now? Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's no, then it's like okay, I'll make some changes. But for the most part, it's like, how can I find the joy in the things that I do day to day? Because there's never going to be a situation where it's just going to be fucking utopia, you know? Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Just- no, yeah. Yeah, as you get older, I think you just kind of come to realize <laughs> that it's like it's not about finding uh, this like pure happiness, this like end of the movie happy. It's like you find stability and and comfort, and then hopefully some like fulfillment and you know whatever way it matters to you. Yeah, and 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 another thing is, and it's, it's something that I've struggled with a lot, and kind of still do to this day, is like being okay with like what your idea of happiness is because mm-hmm. so much of the oh, world yeah. whether mm-hmm. it be like your parents or your friends or your job or whatever tell you like this is how it should be and how you should view the world and how you should enjoy yourself and there's so much about that that's like well that's not me you know and I think it's tough for a lot of people to admit that to to be like well I don't really like this thing that everybody else likes sure you know whether whether it be something as simple as a movie or something as complex as like somebody touching your arm or something like that you know Uh like it's like Mm -hmm. it's like everybody's got a different upbringing so Mm -hmm. like to be okay with like well this is me and i'm okay with that is is so much a part of being an artist i think you sound like you have like a pretty like either i don't know if it's uh wisdom or if you've done a lot of work on yourself, but what would you say is like your path to kind of like mental health? Like, have you uh, like maybe like seen the therapist? Do you read self-help? Do you kind of like- (laughs) Therapy is necessary, not just in life, but especially (laughs) in the position that any of us are in. Sure. Where, you know, so many people are looking at the things that we do. Yeah. Um, That's, it's so necessary because it's so easy to get fucked up by people judging the things that you're putting out there into the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so so to have some somebody to say like it's okay, you're you and you are okay 
is like so fucking valuable mm. um, yeah I, for I anybody was, yeah yeah no definitely uh i remember you i think it was a game grumps episode this is years ago but it stuck with me that you had like um i think you had like a rubber band or something on your wrist that you used to wear that like help ground you right is that something or am i just pulling that out of my ass um <laughs> did i make that up he made it I'm, up i'm trying to no i have a terrible memory so <laughs> i mean there's something that feels like familiar about that or it was like maybe sure. it was like a string or something but i, I remember you meant, talking about how like you had this thing that would just kind of like remind you to like stay centered and like not this was like probably like seven yes, fucking yes. years ago. Okay, yeah. So I had um I went to a retreat called Hoffman, um, the Hoffman process, uh -huh. uh, which which like I would kind of recommend, but it was <laughs> kind of it was sort of like the the introduction to therapy for me. Um, the concept mm. of like maybe there are really cerebral ways to work on yourself, emotional ways. Um mm. Uh, but anyway, there was somebody that I went there, uh, with who was a classmate who made these like bands, um, that you could put on your wrist or you make necklaces out of or whatever. And, um, and, and they were like, you know, since we're done with the Hoffman process, I think it would be cool to give everybody a sense of like what their biggest struggle is and make like bands out of them. So they were just like handing out free bands with the word, or, or phrase that they wanted that reminded them of like what they were struggling with and uh, mine was self-love so I mm. wore this band that Aww. said self-love on it and I, I couldn't take it off it was like you know it was like completely locked to my wrist mm. um so that was that was really nice to to have uh and and just always see and like remind myself like oh yeah that's something I should practice yeah well, <laughs> yeah sometimes we need those reminders uh yeah I, i've been i've been trying to do similar things with just like um appreciating moments like i i like when because i you know i have anxiety and like i think about uh i, I often think of the worst outcomes and i think of the worst situation that's gonna happen whatever but so like when things are going well for me and i i'm not feeling that i've been trying to take stock of that and i'll like if i'm like driving somewhere and i'm in a good mood i'm like this is good <laughs> just try to like try to like soak it in and just try to live in that moment because i know there's going to come some point where it's like not where it's hard like i you know and i have to live with that um and so i think that's a nice if that if that helps somebody having that kind of like reminder on their body <laughs> like that's mm -hmm. that's great that's whatever really gets good, you there man. you saying you like you like have a moment where you're like this is a nice moment and you like take stock of that especially mm -hmm. after the quarantine like i think you know anytime i'm out with friends now and it feel and it's like oh right like i don't take this for granted anymore like it's it's nice i don't know it's it's nice to kind of acknowledge those things i think uh that's really after the, that's really sweet after the year we've had but anyway let's take it back we got way off topic um so uh i well so actually tying it into what we were just talking about a minute ago um uh did you you know you you were really a really active animator and uh doing a lot of cool stuff and i i to me from my perspective it feels like around the time of sequelitis was when you kind of started transitioning into doing uh, like game grumps and doing more of like you were you became more of a host. Um, was there a moment where doing the independent animation route got to be 
too difficult or you just stopped being fun for you? Did you have to do that kind of reevaluation or was it just sort of a, a natural kind of weird, you know, adjust period, adjustment period? I mean, look, man, like I, I don't, I certainly don't judge anybody for their life choices, right? Like if right. they're, cause the world that we live in sucks. Like it's, it's, just, <laughs> it's, it's tough to make money. It's tough to make a living, you know, like it's, yeah. so the position that I was in where I was making cartoons um, for YouTube specifically um, mm -hmm. was going really well. You know, once I released Awesome Reach, um, which was like my first sort of, which was my first cartoon on Newgrounds that was monetized or, mm -hmm. or first cartoon on YouTube that was monetized. Mm -hmm. um, I, I made a fucking killing on that cartoon. And it was, it was the most money I've ever had in my bank account in my whole life. <laughs> How old were you? Um, just, just wondering. I was like, uh, I was like 23, 22 nice. or 23. Um, and I was like, oh my God, this is the way to go. So, you know, I was cranking out cartoons on YouTube, but um, the, the Game Grumps things just sort of came around as like a fun side project. And it was like, yeah, you know, I have this time and I'll put into it, yada, yeah. yada. But I was still working on cartoons. And then as it turned out, coincidentally, the way that the YouTube algorithm shifted was, you know, making long form content consistently yeah. paid off way more than making really short viral content. Um, which was how it was making making short viral content was like the jam that was the fuck if you made a one minute cartoon that that got like three million views you were fucking you were sailing mm -hmm. um but that all changed like overnight that's uh, crazy isn't that so crazy when you like think about it like how like i remember that yeah when it's just like you're at the whims of like the tech giant but anyway yeah keep going yeah exactly so so you know there was a choice i had to make of like you know i like making cartoons but i also like doing this thing and this thing makes me way more money so you know would i rather be be living paycheck to paycheck on you know making cartoons or would i rather be building something that i can that also is fun right mm -hmm. so you know there was an attempt to con con continue to make um cartoons at the time you know i think i released like two or three cartoons after game grumps started mm -hmm. um but it was just like that art form cartoons in particular it takes so much fucking time and yep. effort and like in focus right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and like i was already building something else so it was like you know how much time do i really have to to devote to putting so much fucking focus into this thing that's going to end up being a minute and a half um so it, it, it was a realist approach and like mm -hmm. i think for a while i was sort of ashamed of that but i'm not anymore because you know everybody's got to fucking pay rent and everybody wants to sure. ha have yeah. a better life for themselves so um i'm i'm fine with that decision i've also come full circle to the mm -hmm. point where like now my biggest concern you know everything at game grumps is, is is automated to a certain point where like now um my goal is to make cartoons and like sell them to mm. networks and be a oh, part okay. of that process so oh, interesting we have like three active cartoons that we're producing on our own very cool that is so cool that we're okay. we're trying to sell 
um you know and it's like maybe that'll happen maybe it won't but um it, it's nice to be in that position again where it's like okay well i'm doing something that takes a lot of focus and creative uh, mm. it, it, it flexes that muscle mm-hmm. um yeah, because you uh, you have been part of the industry. You have done voice acting for the Owl House, right? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's just well. The funny thing is, I moved to LA to do voiceover, and then cartoons took oh, off. Really? And Game Grumps took off. So yeah. I didn't really do a whole lot of um, professional voiceover, um, which was my goal, right? But then, as a result of having done cartoons and having done Game Grumps for so long. A lot of people that were either fans of or collaborators from my past and over time just wanted me to be in their cartoons. So for like two or three years, most of the voice work that I was doing for television was just people asking me to be in their thing. And I was like, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> that is so now, cool because uh, dude, I, it's kind of like it, it's kind of like full circle too because you started making audio right that's that was your foot kind of into starting to make cartoons indie oh, cartoons yeah. so it's so interesting it's so very cool you started doing like 30 seconds on aim and now you're doing voices <laughs> for the big tv yeah <laughs> yeah but but so much of so much of that process is something that i i just so love like i love voice acting um it's it's i never anytime i do it i fucking enjoy it so even though it's not like like a career for me anytime that i can do it i i adore it and like now you know i have an agent and i actually do auditions where i like submit auditions and Mm -hmm. i've gotten a lot of jobs from that but like it's not really about the job at that point it's more about Mm -hmm. like I love doing this thing and I'm so grateful to like be a part of this awesome project or whatever. Like when I did, um, Manky was blood tooth in, uh, um, borderlands three, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um, love guns and tentacles. That was like so gratifying to like be in that booth and like develop this character with, mm-hmm. with the writers on the spot. Like that shit I fucking love. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to like jam on something with creative people and like build off of the energy um from like you know their sense of because they're so fucking clever and and like their sense of humor and our my sense of humor and how it like meshes like that was that was a fucking great just a really great experience if there was like if there was one thing that you uh could choose to do what would it be of all the things you've sort of done professionally or even just creatively? It doesn't have to even be like, you know, professionally, but like, what's the thing that you would love to just keep doing and, and pay your bills and and only do that one thing? I mean, that's the thing, right? Like the, the pay the bills aspect really throws a wrench in everything. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Well, pay a pie in the sky. Like you're getting uh, paid, you're getting paid whatever you need, you know, whatever, whatever money you're making now, but you uh, are only doing the one thing. What would it be? Um, I don't know that I would do one thing. Okay. Um, so you still, you, you like the, the juggling of multiple. I, I don't necessarily like being overwhelmed with so many projects. Sure. Mm-hmm. But I, I just like being creative and I like, I like following 
you know, a sense of passion, whether it's mine or somebody else's. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. It's I just like that feeling of like, this is a really good idea. Let's fucking do this. Mm -hmm. Um, That's just like fucking cocaine for me. (laughs) Like, Yeah. It's Mm -hmm. so nice to feel that energy and to feel like connected to people and like the things that they, you know, are are excited about because like excitement is in a way excitement is vulnerable you know it's it's sure you're really revealing a lot about yourself to be excited about something um so i i I love that aspect of it i've always said that if i retired i would just get a warehouse and just build miniatures for the rest of my life oh yeah oh yeah (laughs) that's so interesting just like toriyama (laughs) (laughs) oh does he do that i didn't know yeah 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 it's this big thing (laughs) <laughs> and, and, and then I, I then you know the fantasy is like i die and then it becomes a museum or whatever yeah um, but like aaron hansen's miniature <laughs> but but like you know it, it's i came to realize in my fucking 30s that like even as an adult it's like i love little figures i love when things yeah, are yeah. tiny um I so. you know it's so funny you say that because I, I I have like a group of girlfriends and we all realize at the same time we love tiny things. Tiny things are the shit. It's like, <laughs> I don't know why. It just makes you feel good. Tiny just spoon. So small. I, exactly. I don't know. It's the world in the palm of your hand. It's, I don't know. Yeah, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's just like it allows you to sort of be... <laughs> it's like a step between because like you can walk through a city and have like a sort of fantasy about the city but if you if you see the city in like this tiny form in front of you there's so much more fantasy and maybe it's like linked to you know i'd play with toys all the time as a kid as a kid and like come up with little stories or whatever yeah Um, but there's just there's there's so much more possibility when it's like right in front of you and you can move it and rotate it i don't know i just think that's dope yeah um how we like to ask our guests uh, how they deal with creative block and what it feels like for them when they have it. Uh, so you're asking me, I'm assuming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Um, first of all, I just, I want to comment on how wonderful the drawing is in front of me. I drew, I, I did the, your favorite animal crossing villager and I drew cube um, mm-hmm. as, as I remembered him. Uh, but then everybody else drew fucking masterpieces of like Game Grumps and the, <laughs> the penguin. <laughs> That's amazing. I love that penguin drawing. It's just like Thank he's you. just so lost. He's like, well, if I'm here now, it's. it's I mean, that, in the middle yeah. of having a conversation and also like <laughs> having not warmed up or anything. I'm just like, have you have you gone to the second page? Done. There's like a second page. Oh, we, is there a? Oh, I yeah, yeah. Know we works. forgot to mention that. Yeah, this is Wait, like. How do a, I do that? It's like uh, this should be a tab. Follow the laser tab. Uh, see, like oh. on on top there's. Oh like... my god! There's so much more. <laughs> yeah, we've been going. How did you do yeah. this? Oh, well, we just listened to right you. Here. We're just listening to you. Yeah. That's amazing. Wow. It's easy to draw when you're listening. Oh come on. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So the question was, uh, creative block. Um, yes. I, I sort of said it earlier and it's and it's true I, you know I what I used to do was like watch or consume my favorite pieces of media right like oh, sure. video game comfort video game or like comfort show or whatever um, but I think what's more effective is watching something that's like not the best um, hmm. because I, yes 
mm-hmm. because th- there's something very empowering about seeing something that like got made, you know, like a whole team of people made this thing and it just ended up not being that great. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, it's like, well, if this can get made, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. like yeah. a bunch of people could get excited sure. about this and get paid mm-hmm. to do this, then fucking, you know, what am I whining about? Like, I could, I on my own could make something better than this. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. why, you know, why am I worried about, you know, what I'm making? That yeah. is so true. I love That's that. Good. This is such a good advice. I feel like this is not like, uh, like this, the, the, not enough people are singing the praise of mediocre art. Um, no, sincerely. It's, yeah. it's so inspiring because so yeah. much, and I'll tell you the thing that's the most interesting about mediocre art is because it's mediocre or, or bad. Um, <laughs> it, 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 it takes so many fucking wild ass risks. <laughs> yeah. Because it's like, who gives like, it's, it's obviously like from the mind of somebody who's an insane person or like, you know, just like doesn't understand the medium or whatever. Mm-hmm. But, but like, because of that, it's like creative in a way it's like, yeah. How, yeah. Why would you make these decisions? But also I kind of applaud you for making these decisions, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, I have this sort of, there's like a weird uh, sweet spot where when something's too good, it intimidates me and I'm just frustrated and I still yes, enjoy it, absolutely. you know, and, I, but I walk away from it being like, man, fuck them for getting it right. Like, I just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, this is bullshit. Mm-hmm. But then like, there's some, I especially feel it in games lately, but like, like I, I played a game called Unsighted that was like a very, a very good game. Um, but they made odd choices and they made, they were choices though, you know? And like, I mm-hmm. can tell they had intent. And I walked away from it being like, I really liked playing that, but what the fuck were they thinking with some of those? Cause like just in like pure game design, you know, just like just knowing what I know about game design, it's like, that was, that was a bad choice or maybe. So, but, but I loved it more for that. Like, I kind of like that it was somebody's vision, you know, like you can tell that it's somebody's vision, even if it's yeah. not perfect. That um, game for me is Bullet Witch. I don't know if you've ever played Bullet, Bullet Witch, Witch. On, the, on the Xbox. Wow. Um, yeah. It sucks. But yeah. like, it's just so weird how like it's like a zombie apocalypse game, but it's also an action game and it takes place during the day. And like, yeah. there's like these giants that walk around in the city and it's like, whoa, this is like really aesthetically kind of st- like, I've never seen anything like this before. So I, I I often revisit that that game either in video form or in actual playing, and yeah. I'm just like, man, this is it's so inspiring that somebody Maybe. just <laughs> fucking dove in and was like, I don't know, it's fucking giants in a city and they shoot rockets at you. I don't know. You just got a big gun. This is pre Bayonetta. This is this is uh. Yeah, exactly. It was pre- that's so right. It was pre Bayonetta. This is fascinating. Mm-hmm. I've never seen this game. Um, so funny. Uh, we had a bunch of really good questions from our uh, Twitter followers. Oh, yeah. We will get to some of them. From, <laughs> from <laughs> our... <laughs> There's too many. There's too There's many. There's too many. Thank you you're all too, very much. You're too popular. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, get rid of some of those followers. So it's um, like a, is this like an arrogant raptor that somebody just drew? Like, you can go <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, yeah, that was me. Um, so... Uh, we're going to kick it off with our editor at Clem and M who uh, is a big fan of yours and is very excited that you're on the oh, show. I appreciate that. Thank you. 
Uh, I'm just wanted to embarrass her. Uh, her question was, and it's a very good question. Uh, how do you have so many projects going on at once and still kick ass in all of them? Do you have a special way to organize them or manage the stress of it all? Keep up the great work, that's, but also rest, please. That's very sweet. I appreciate that you think that I kick ass at all of them. Um, I don't. Mm -hmm. uh, many of them fall to the wayside and are the, the, the secret is that I have a staff. Um, mm -hmm. Like I said, there's 12 people that work for Game Grumps, give or take. Um, sure. It's it sort of inflates and deflates based on how much work we have for people. Um, but I, I, you know, I have an assistant. I have a, two producers in-house, um, editors and everything. So like I can execute on concepts a lot more quickly and easily than somebody who's working on their own um, and has to do everything themselves. Uh, that's that's how I do it. It's, it's there's, there's no secret. That's the answer. Yeah. How can you, yeah. uh, if we can like, I don't know if we have like a little bit more time to spend on that question, but like, how did you uh, build your staff? Kind of like, how, like, how did that look like for you? Uh, how did you even have the idea? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, well, I mean, the idea was just, you know, I wanted to keep people employed. You know, we, we, we had a couple employees um, early on in Game Grumps. And when there was that transition, I just wanted to keep everyone employed mm -hmm. um, because it, it, it just like felt terrible to just be like, you know, do we stop Game Grumps or do we keep going and um, have these people have jobs? Right. Um, so that was a huge part of it. Uh, but, but I think, I think something that I've learned is if you're really going to build something Mm -hmm. um that's that's like legitimate and does good work and does smooth work um probably avoid hiring friends <laughs> mm. oh that makes yeah. a lot of sense mm -hmm. uh and i know that's such an appeal for everybody and everyone thinks that they're different but like it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a terrible idea i, I second that idea i, I get it it's, I love that just, you're like everybody thinks they're different. I'm like, yeah, you've been there before. Yeah, somebody, somebody, you know, it's there's gonna be a situation where you're like, oh man, like mm -hmm. I really gotta choose between like, you know, the direction I want to go with this or the decision I want to make, and whether or not this person's gonna be fucking upset that I made this decision. You know, um, there's 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 something inherently a little bit bastardy about being in charge of absolutely. Um, uh projects or you know anything creative that like you just have to make hard decisions so the, h hiring mm. people that you're hiring particularly on the merit that like you get along with them and they're good at their job yeah um is is so important um so so a lot of the hiring um that we've done recently has just been from fucking agencies and shit oh um, nice mm -hmm. and they, you know like monster.com or whatever our mm -hmm. hiring agency and then we have them on for you know a small amount of time and we're like do they gel or do they not and mm -hmm. if they don't, then it's like you know no harm no foul mm -hmm. sure you'll find some something somewhere else um, right and if, and if they gel we keep them on so i think that's pretty traditional uh yeah mm -hmm. But yeah, I, I think a lot of people have gotten the impression of like, 
he hires so many people and it's like no it's just you know sometimes some people just don't work out like they're, they're with <laughs> us for like three months and then it's like oh well you know they'd probably be better somewhere else Aaron right. Hansen, the new uh, Google hiring <laughs> 30 people. <laughs> That's a uh, joke. He only has 12. Yeah, come um, on. Come I on. I thought you were serious for a second. Um, uh, from at Cash Cash asked, how are you able to handle the transition and current workload juggling being an artist and online content creator? Did being one help you improve in the other? Um. Yeah, well, being an artist has definitely helped me work with other artists because mm -hmm. <laughs> I don't. Artists are very particular people, um, <laughs> and so like somebody who's like very business minded would probably not have a lot of agreements with certain artists. Sure. Um, mm -hmm. So having an artist mind makes me sort of understand like, oh, this is where they're coming from. I get it. You know, I, I, I want to be able to provide something for them that makes them feel comfortable, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so I think that has uh, sort of helped me in, in my, in my, because I love artists at the, in, at the end of the day, I, I think artists are the fucking heart of society. Um, mm -hmm. And like, you know, growing up, I always hoped that someone would say yes to, the things that I did creatively and so much of what I experienced growing up was no's. So like to be able to say yes to somebody who's in that position is so gratifying. Um, what was the heart of the question? Um, I think you got it. I think the, yeah, it's just, the question was how you kind of have used your artist background and where you are now. Like, but I think you answered it well, that you the, you understand the artist mentality well. Yeah, there's one thing I do want to add to that, though, is, yeah. is um, I think there's a sense of that, like, something was given up as a result of, like, me being in the position that I am now in terms of, like, my artistic creativity or whatever. Mm -hmm. But th that's so, like, one-track-minded, I think, because you can be creative in so many different ways that aren't just drawing a picture or yeah. writing mm -hmm. a song or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Mm -hmm. And there are ways to get that gratification out of so many things in your life. And it's just a matter of being creative about those things um, that I, I love. Like I said, like I love jamming on things and like, you know, I, we have like a merch manager and we have, a production manager so like being able to collaborate with them and being like coming up with ideas and having ways that they can execute on that and how i can help with that is like it sort of fills that void a little bit yeah mm -hmm. and related to that we had a question that um i thought was good uh from at holy night high car how did you come up with rpgs and uh what are your tips on creating a merchandise line oh wow that's a very um well i love that question yeah, I, I'm I'm in the middle of figuring out that for my band, and so I'm like, oh no shit, yeah. Um, okay. Uh, well, I came up with RPGs because I had a week and a half off. I work at a workaholic, Aaron. <laughs> I have time off. How can I work a little? No, bit No, I more? do the same thing. I and I'm a workaholic. Yeah, it's like anytime I have. 
I had a, a big, sorry, I, I just, we're getting off topic, but it's like, I had a lull and same thing as you where I was just like, well, what can I start <laughs> while, while I, I can't, anyway, yeah, so you had a week and a half off. Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, uh, I really loved making things out of clay. And one of the things that I made out of clay the most was um, I was really into like Final Fantasy three slash six uh and like chrono trigger and stuff and i would just make i would yeah. try to replicate the little sprites out of clay um and i just loved you know having them all standing together and just having these little representations of these characters in front of me so that was sort of what i was channeling um with rpgs was like wouldn't it be cool to be able to have that in a way where i could like collect them and line them up and um, and I love, uh, you know, blind box stuff and like trading cards. And mm -hmm. so the idea of what's super, I've gotten accused of this a lot. And this <gasps> is just me personally, but, you know, the, the idea of having like rarities and blind boxes and sure. stuff is like, oh, you're just trying to like do like a Skinner box thing where you're trying to sell more or whatever. But it's like, no, I have you not seen like I love that shit. I buy fun. Pokemon card packs all the time. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it, I really love the idea of like going out and getting something that's random. And mm -hmm. you're like, I really want this one thing. And you open it up and you don't get the thing. But like mm -hmm. you end up really loving the thing that you got because it's the thing that you got and it's yours. Mm -hmm. um, and that's that was sort of the inspiration behind like creating like a blind box experience where it's like i want the white mage but i ended up getting the paladin but i kind of like the paladin now because it's this experience i had and it's this story i had where i was like with my friends and i opened it up and it was like oh and you know and it's not something that i would usually like but now i like it um that's that's the most interesting thing to me about rpgs um so yeah so I guess that was the the impetus of it was I was trying to relive something in my childhood and also trying to replicate mm -hmm. something that I enjoy on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, I I fucking open up a pack of cards like at least once a week. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and I mean, you have a staff. You know, you mentioned you have a merge manager and uh, and all that to help you execute on those things. Um, but what's that conversation like? Is it just sort of like? I have this idea, let's set aside some money. And then we, you kind of figure it out from there. Is that usually how it works? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, again, it's, it's twofold, right? It's, I'm, I'm a huge believer of like art from adversity, right? You know, to, to have like a blank slate and a white page and just start from nothing is its own experience but it's not necessarily the optimal experience. And I don't know that there is an optimal experience, right? But I love the idea of being challenged. So if, if we're in a situation where it's like, you know, these are the five most successful things that we've ever done, then it's like, okay, how do we work within those sort of rules to create something fun and interesting, right? And, and, and that's not necessarily the only way that I approach merch sometimes i just have a stupid idea and we want to do it like the gyaru boob mouse pads or whatever like, those are, and, and they were a huge hit like they went over really well but it's like that was just a fun idea um uh 
so yeah, it, it depends on the situation. You know, um, sometimes we'll just have like a merch meeting and we'll be talking about one item and it'll be like, hey, what if we do it this way? Or, you know, sometimes the, the, the people in the meeting will have an idea and I'll be like, that's a great idea. Let's do that. Um, so it's, it's not really, there's no really one way that we do it. It's just because it's, there's so many people involved. It's, it's collaborative, you know, and, and nobody, I feel like really has an ego about any of that. Right. Um, from at Jerry Mian Jr. Uh, what's the best way of tackling making cartoons for YouTube now? Is there an actual chance to make it as a story time animation channel now, or are those waters flooded? Yes. And it's interesting that you say story time because that's, that's a, a really easy way in. Yeah. Um, and so from what I've heard, and I haven't experienced this firsthand because we don't release that kind of content so much, but I've heard that shorter content is being more um, rewarded. Mm, and I know at the very least, if you make actual shorts, so they're like trying mm -hmm. to compete with TikTok, that's a big yeah. thing that helps you like algorithmically. Yeah, I was going to ask you about TikTok and like how YouTube recently came out with, uh, how do you call it? Like the very short uh, YouTubes? Reels? Yeah, no, shorts. not Reels. Shorts. Shorts? Okay. Yeah, because that's YouTube trying to compete with TikTok, right? Yeah, oh, yeah, of course. And and, mm -hmm. and like when they do that kind of stuff, they're, they, you know, they have control over what you're fed. So yes. Like if, they, if they want that part of their platform to be really active, they will push that. Mm -hmm, and, mm -hmm. and like they will reward creators that do that so that that, that so from what i understand that's what's happening right now mm -hmm. um so if you are a cartoonist it's really easy for you to make like 15 second cartoons and put them up as shorts um mm -hmm. honestly i would recommend tiktok as the way to do it yeah mm -hmm. um the the one thing that i he i've heard consistently throughout my career even before YouTube, is that YouTube is not a monetization platform. It is an advertising platform. Hmm. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So if you, for example, create some kind of series, whether it be a cartoon or otherwise, that isn't even monetized on the platform, if you can turn that show into some other way to monetize, mm -hmm. whether it be, you know, a lot of people just use Patreon or whatever. Sure. Mm -hmm. But if you turn it into a merch brand or if you turn it into like a lifestyle brand or something, mm. then lifestyle. As, yeah. as you continue <laughs> to create content, it makes the brand prevalent in people's lives as a would daily you, thing or a weekly thing. How, if that's okay to ask, how would you say that applies to your brand? Is it just a, like, do you feel like merchandising is where you get the most so, income? So the, the funny thing is we're almost an outlier because we do experience a, a great deal of monetization because we put out so much stuff. Right. Okay. Every day, you know, there's, okay. there's over mm -hmm. 6,000 uploads on the channel. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> Mm -hmm. so like that's that's a big chunk but like yeah we have branched out in merchandise and we have you know for example we did dream daddy which mm -hmm. from the beginning was a creative idea but like once we came up with the the creative of it we were like okay what do we do with this and the idea was like you know we have a platform and this isn't necessarily like game grumps related but it's adjacent enough where we can say 
to the people that watch Game Grumps, hey, there's this thing that you might like, mm-hmm. and then use that as a sort of like, uh, you know, a, a rocket ship that launches it into a stratosphere that ends up taking, you know, its own momentum, um, which is what happens, uh, which is very gratifying. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that was the goal with that, you know, it was like, you know, no, no dream daddy uploads we we uploaded were monetized or anything like that like it was just <laughs> it was it was all about the game can, um yeah. can i ask really fast a question i don't know i'm sorry i'm like um stepping over the twitter fans that's okay but um i uh was wondering how do you consider yourself an an artist versus like a businessman and if you think about business do you think it comes more from the people you hired or have you like read books or like taken any like kind of classes kind of like how do you conceive art creativity versus business um there's part of me that hates this question and I, oh, I'm and so I, sorry. You can, no, you can no, cut no. it. You can cut and, it. And I, I almost wanted to preface that with that, like, please don't take offense to this because it's not meant in that way. It's, <laughs> it's just, I think early on there was more of um, like a segregation between like, am I the businessman or am I the artist? Yeah. But when it comes down to it, you know, we talked about earlier, like when you're say working for a nickelodeon or whatever mm-hmm. it's it's like that's a job mm-hmm, and, yeah mm-hmm. you know as as creative as you want to be or as much as yourself as you want to put into it that's still a job and that's business yes know? yes if you were in a situation where you didn't have to pay the bills you didn't have to pay rent um you weren't trying to you know bolster your savings account so you could fucking travel like you always wanted to or something like that you probably wouldn't be doing the thing that you're doing right mm-hmm. so th- there's always a sense of like the weight of the reality of living versus the full freedom of creativity so the way that i've come to sort of view it as an adult is just like there there are always challenges and every challenge can be interesting and fun and as long as you're not like creating a whole lot of harm for people Mm -hmm. and you're generating some sense of enjoyment for the people around you or yourself i think you know it's 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 all one and the same really because there's a lot that i use about being an artist that helps me with what i do um and and there's a lot about um you know coming up with strategies or whatever that's it's fun it's like problem solving it's Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. there's something artistic about that where it's like okay creatively think of a way to navigate the situation um Mm -hmm. because it's not necessarily the easiest thing to figure out a problem uh, a solution to yeah yep Uh, um sort of in line with that uh we had a question from at gravy navy (laughs) Gravy Navy is a very good name. Um, have you ever had an interest in directing a crew to make a larger scope indie cartoon? Um, so that's happening. Um, I, 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 I sort of implied earlier. We, we have yeah. three shows that we've been pitching around. Um, one of them is mine. Uh, something that I was my idea. Um, I'm heavily involved in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I have a I have a writing partner, and we have a. Um, an animation team um but it's my show so uh and 
even then I feel like it's like well, we're working with a team so it's not necessarily my show but the inception of it was mine <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so uh, yes I, I, I am doing that actively and it's something that I love to do so if that answers the question yeah very cool mm-hmm. so what are your uh, what are some of your future goals for your career or even just in life in general I am loving these these sketches of of girls just hanging out this This is v this is what happens every episode is like i i have a little bit of i have some some bandwidth in me and then like an hour in i'm like i can't fucking do this anymore and then v just draws girls for like the remainder of the show there's so much i mean they're great appeals to me so much because like if all I want to be in life is just like a girl hanging out with her girlfriends. Like, yeah. like I mean, listen, 100%. that's that's what I I aim for. I'm I'm still looking for the um, the pathway to that. So when, when fucking <laughs> Kaon came out, that anime about like the yeah. girls that create like a band. Yeah, yeah. There, the episodes that were my favorite was when they were like at a beach house and they were just like hanging by the pool. I was like, man, I just want to be that. It just so seems badly. nice. Like, right? anyway, it's just like wow they're just so they're just jamming that's great chilling i think it's like i think okay 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 just okay this is gonna be my psa i'm so sorry maybe we cut this out but uh being a girl just chilling is hard <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I, I imagine it's not all so it's cracked well. up to be oh yeah, yeah. no it's a, it's a total fantasy yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> All right, that was the end of my PSA. I'm not gonna go too deep into it. You know, yeah. no. As as a man, <laughs> I can yes. say that I don't yeah. fully understand that aspect of it. Um, <laughs> it's just it's just fun to see. In the same way that like, yeah. oh man, yeah, I yeah. wish it was Frodo hanging out with the. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. That is people yeah. trying to. It's just a fantasy. That's for sure. yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, what, yeah. What was the question? Sorry. Just talk, talking about uh, future goals. Yeah. Oh, future goals. Um, I don't know. Just to the thing that I enjoy the most sustainably about what I do is that I can empower a lot of people to, to like do something, you know? Um, like I said earlier, like all I wanted when I was a kid was somebody to say yes to the things mm-hmm. that I was doing. And so few people did that. So to be able to say yes to artists or, um, you know, anybody that's trying to build something is, is great. Um, and then on top of that, it's just it's just a matter of like just being happy, um, just trying to live life. Uh, there's there's such a duality to working so hard, being in the public eye, and then also trying to just be a normal person. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, I think is 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 a fight that I will probably continue to fight for for years. But I think the conclusion of it is that I just fuck off to a forest and, and just yeah. paint all day. <laughs> yeah. Are you painting? Uh, no, but well, I have. Um, yeah. I, I, I recently did a couple, but um, it's not. That's the stuff where that's like, I don't want to show anybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, I get that. It's like fully my thing. Um, and also, I mean, there, there's a lot of other... Dude, I could. It could be a whole nother podcast about like what I would go for it in, in the future. But like, there's so much I would love to do about reforming the educational system. Oh my um, god, talk about yeah. so yeah, all the philosophers, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trying to find a way to like help kids like grow up 
in in a in a world that doesn't fucking hate them. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. School was uh, like traumatic. Like it, I, you know, it's like you have. I still have nightmares about the school system, and like mm-hmm. that can't be good. <laughs> like it's actually very. Be- it, it's very common. It's very common for people yeah. when they're like, I don't know, in their forties, and they still think about like their high school exit exam or their SATs, and it's like, yeah, holy, that cannot okay. be good. That can't be the only way. Mm-hmm. No, of course. I mean, the mm-hmm. idea that anybody dreads that kind of stuff is like. And that there's there are people that are like, yeah, well, that's just how it is. It's like this doesn't know how it have to be. We made that, yeah. you know, like we they used to know not to make laws. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, um, and and then to that same effect would be, I would love to be able to do something that has to do with like city design or urban design or like uh, helping the homeless or something because that's like mm-hmm. a fucking huge issue in America um, mm-hmm. that I think has a lot of relatively easy answers that can at least steer it in a direction where it's like yeah a, a decent chunk better than how it is well there are other countries that have implemented things that have dramatically helped and america just doesn't want to <laughs> you know it's yeah. like, i mean it's like a, it's a very complicated issue not to get super p- political on the podcast but like i live like right next to skid row and yeah yeah you know it's like uh so i kind of like watch a bunch of like stuff about homelessness and it's like it's it's so embedded in the system that it, unfortunately it looks like it's simple but it's very complicated because it's tied oh, to a lot 100%. of like the deep uh way of like the, how the system has been like going in america for a long sure. time yeah it's it's 100 yeah. systemic i mean i mean the story of skid row is fucking tragic how it was that yeah. it was basically yeah. created to be that way it's it, it's it sucks yeah um, yeah yeah yeah, so, yeah I, so a lot of uh, so i think in my head the idea was like okay i work really hard i get to a position where i'm comfortable where i don't have to worry about you know working so hard and then i can you know use whatever resources i have to be able to make some kind of difference Um, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, because i've mm -hmm. i've i've tried to do that as in the position that i'm in and i just don't have the focus because i'm doing so many things Mm -hmm, that like mm -hmm. i don't feel like i'm doing a good job like helping anything Mm -hmm. um so i'm at the point now where i'm like all right well let's let's make a plan where like this is how much i work Mm-hmm. And then once I'm done with that, then I can put my full focus into something else that sort of like helps people. Because mm-hmm. um, at the very least, right now I'm 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 helping people um, laugh. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. That's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, which like I'm sure people have varying opinions of, but like you know, you can't argue with the it, the, the weekly emails i get from people saying like i didn't kill myself because i watched game grumps like that's yeah that's like you know while that is a lot of responsibility that's like you can't argue with that kind of right 100 percent. i think honestly there's like i mean i wish we could like go deeper into like the whole parasocial um discussion because i do think uh there are a lot of the new generation that really um relies on internet content and you provide that you provide like like a friend or like a stability to some people and that's a, a huge fucking responsibility you're like the big brother of like i don't know how many hundreds of thousands of people but yeah yeah you know oh, oh my, i mean that's a huge i mean that's a whole other topic entirely but that's yes. like a huge mm-hmm. struggle 
of like you know because then that's a conversation of like boundaries right like yes. what mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because it's so easy for somebody to come up and say like here's my life story my life sucks it's terrible you've done so much for me you know and and then it's like you know then you're in a situation where it's like do I do more do I engage personally I don't know mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so at the very least I'm like okay well at least what I'm doing right now is enough yeah yes. yeah yeah do what you can yes yeah. exactly yeah I think so. And I don't even think it has to go as extreme as, you know, people saying that you help them not kill themselves. Like, I think just, which is, which is valid, but I think that, you know, I have my own parasocial relationships, I guess, with people, uh, with, with some uh, internet personalities, you know, some of them I've actually become friends with and, um, and the dynamic shifted, obviously, because of that, but um, I, it's, it's nice. Well, so my example is mega 64. Like I, I started listening to them a long a time ago and yeah, it was right after college where I, all my friends had kind of gone on to do different things. And I started listening to their podcast and it like really helped me in that transition because like I was, uh, alone and like, I needed something, you know, I needed that little bit of social interaction throughout the day yeah. while I was working on stuff. And, and then Game Grumps was that for me, like when I first moved out and started working full time oh, and like, oh yeah, yeah. I guess I've never really mentioned that, but yeah, like I, I was listening to all the early episodes for a while. Cause it was just like nice. It was just nice to have on. And so like, I was yeah. just felt like I was in the room, you know, like with, with, uh, with you guys joking around. And so like that there's value to that. And, and the podcast, this podcast for getting sappy is is also that because like you know from from our listeners we've heard people say like you know we i love having you guys on in the background like it's been informative this and that and so like that's there's value to those things there's value to what you do there's value to what we do hopefully um and so yeah i I don't know yeah absolutely i don't know what the point is it's it's the point is that there's value yeah Yeah, (laughs) it's 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 really the the whole idea of like we shouldn't need bandages but mm-hmm. it's nice that they exist because every so often you get wounded you know like sure mm-hmm. it, it shouldn't be the case where like kids really need to listen to a show where yeah people are just making fart jokes to <laughs> to feel like they need a reason to live but like that's the world we live in right now and yes it, mm-hmm. it's it's, it's okay always been the world stuff i mean exists. i feel yeah, like I, I mean yeah this could go in a huge tangent so maybe um episode two or whatever <laughs> episode two um redux yeah uh yeah no i think uh yeah i think we can we can wrap it up i think that what um what you've done in your career is great i think that it yeah. has mm-hmm. inspired a ton of people and um and what you continue to do is is obviously really valued to a lot of a lot a lot of people um and so, uh, yeah, we're, we're really happy to have you on the show. It was great chatting with you about all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. This, you're, you're super fun and super insightful. So much wisdom. I think this is such a cool, awesome episode. Unconventional, but going to answer a lot of questions we didn't get to answer in other episodes. So True. cool. Wow, mm-hmm. I appreciate that. I, I mean, you guys created an environment that made me feel very comfortable to to talk so that's, that's we try. A, a lot of it's on you 
<laughs> we tried. Uh, oh, shocks. <laughs> <laughs> we've 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 heard that from other guests and we try. It's nice that it comes across because we we do try to keep a, a cozy, chill atmosphere. Um, we're just we're just people chatting. Hell yeah. Chatting um, and drawing girls hanging out at the pool. <laughs> yeah, like, I got to say, page three is definitely my favorite page. Oh, <laughs> I see how thanks. it is, Aaron. <laughs> I mean, there's a, lot to, there's a lot to love about page one and two. but uh, that's, that's, Aaron doesn't uh, like Jean's art. <laughs> Canceled. This is how you trend uh, again on Twitter. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I remember, so I remember the last time we, well, it wasn't the last time we talked, but one of the times we talked, I was, we were talking about this gift that you made of like uh, some Mario characters. And it was just this fucking beautiful oh. flash loop that so you had old. made. Yeah. And that was like years ago. Yeah. And I, and I'm still look back on that and I'm like, this is gorgeous. So like, I don't want to, oh, I don't want so. you to think at all that I don't fucking respect what you do because you got, you're amazing. Thank you. Well, I appreciate it. That means a lot. Um, well, is there anything you want to plug while you're in the show? <laughs> um, love, love one another and love yourself. That's great. I love that. Yeah. Great place. Also, YouTube.com slash King. <laughs> <laughs> buy our merch uh that's <laughs> the end of this creative block thanks to aaron for being our guest and sharing his story yeah man thank you uh, for having me and thanks to your listeners follow us on twitter it's at creative block creative without the vowels where we ask for drunk prompts and questions to ask your guests huge thanks to my sister clemens for editing the podcast if you love our show then support us on patreon becoming a patron gets you early access to interviews as well as bonus episodes click the link in the description of this episode i've been your host gene and I was V. Keep being creative, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.